everybody. <laughs> hey, y'all. How's it going? Good. <laughs> I'm telling you, Victoria, I'm not <laughs> like something about being off my routine. Yeah, bringing us off today because it's cold outside. Well, I didn't have to work. Yeah. So. They took off because of the ice or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I have, yeah, I have other thoughts about that. Yeah. We didn't really have a choice. Yeah. I think because Mobile County is such a large. For sure. District. It is. Because you never know. Like, you don't know where. Somebody else, you know what I mean? Like, it may be worse. The main thing is, think about kids standing at the bus stop for 10 minutes. Okay, well, when I was in school, we had to walk to school uphill both ways in the snow. So, it's like, get over it. (laughs) So, get over it. So, whatever. I'm just kidding. But a guy I went to high school with really did post on Facebook today about um, how he's like, back in my day, um, these kids... Like, we didn't cancel school for whatever. Like, it was really funny, but. I am eating M&M chocolate chip cookies right now, y'all. So, if you hear noises, I'm so I'm going to try to go away from the mic if I go to eat a cookie. Yeah. So we, And He's, we don't have school tomorrow either. Yeah. This guy said, back in my day, we were in school. Trust me. My car door was frozen. I couldn't open it. It was counted as tardy. LOL, the teachers that are retired now had no mercy back then. This new generation wouldn't last. Right. <laughs> and literally one of the teachers, like one of our teachers that uh, commented and was like, I didn't mark anyone tardy to first period as long as they, number one, were there before me or two, brought a coffee. <laughs> it was Same. Funny. I can relate. Yeah, facts. Like if your kid, if your one of your students brought a coffee for you, like you probably wouldn't count them as tardy. No, yeah, but they Because that's nice, you know? Mm-hmm. But they won't. They won't ever think of you like Mm-mm. that, for real. So, uh, welcome to episode 27, guys. Yeah, welcome, guys. Crazy. I know. So, you know, we'll be at 30 before we know it. I know, that's kind of cray. Wearing the headphones this week has me like... It's... I can hear everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird. Like, I- yeah, like a little bit of a delay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we're going to jump back into the church uh, topic, but we're going to do our usual Jesus Junk and Joy first. Sure. And we are going to post a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometime within the, the year of 2024. <laughs> It's like one of our New Year's resolutions. (laughs) It's laughable at this point. Y'all, it was supposed to be for Christmas. And and it's just not. Um, But everything is fine. And everything is good. And we got other projects we've been working on for y'all too. So it's just like, that's a life of like a celebrity, like... You know, you have, like when you have a full time job and several side hustles, that's just kind of how it goes. But we love y'all, and we do want to give away things for you guys. We already have the giveaway planned. We're just like working on the graphic and the picture and like everything else about it. Victoria, be for real. <laughs> Victoria, no, I have to take a picture. We have like several separate Victoria's pictures of the stuff, and I've been gone all weekend. So first of all, so that's part of my Jesus. So why don't you just back off? And so I need to take a pic of all the things all in one picture. 
because guys we just want to like post the best for you guys like i just like really like we just like really care about the quality that's why it's taking so long (laughs) anyway so the other thing we're working on though just so y'all can be on the lookout yes we're gonna do merch yes but we're starting small with just a sweatshirt and a t-shirt option yeah so the design will be basically the same Mm -hmm. um so we're working on that so you'll have the option of getting a t-shirt a sweatshirt and we're going to do a couple different color options too for sure it'll be very simple it's just going to say goodness gracious and the sweatshirt will be embroidered Mm -hmm. the t-shirt is tbd if we're going to do screen print or embroidery yeah we're still kind of deciding on that for sure but i i feel like are you okay if i say what i told you yeah we're kind of praying about a ministry like a local ministry to partner with yes to donate a certain percentage of the sales um we're not sure which ministry yet but Mm -hmm. we have some ideas so if you guys are local to this area like lower alabama and you have some in mind Mm -hmm. reach out and say hey this is a ministry that does blah 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 tell us and we can kind of throw them in the hat you know to pray about and see kind of where it lands for sure absolutely yeah jesus junk and joy yeah let's do it okay you can go ahead okay yeah so my jesus is that a bite away was this weekend which is our women's um retreat women's ministry retreat and it was in gulf shores and so that was really nice and um it was at the lodge in gulf uh in gulf shores and we stayed there last year as well i went last year and it was just such a sweet like getaway time and it was awesome i loved it so much and um i got up and ran on saturday ran on the beach okay four miles um but i ran 45 seconds walked 30 seconds and that's kind of how we did it me and my friend eliza we did it barefoot um so that's hard victoria yeah it was um so let me just four miles yeah four miles so let me just tell you what's up but it's ran 45 seconds walk 30 i promise you it's more manageable and i'm not like running like running running like i'm jogging like you know me i'm running but i'm jogging um but let me just tell you something y'all um my so i think my joy then i'm gonna go backwards so then that was my Jesus, just a really sweet time of like getting to know some women that I didn't really know before, had some really sweet conversations and it was just good. Joy, um, that I'm in my running era, I think I said that last week, in my running era, um, and got fitted for new, Brianna, she no, wants to roast funny. me so bad, but she got a cookie in her mouth. Oh, no, okay. So she can't, so exactly. That's so why I'm laughing, it's like the irony I of know. me being like, no I know. No, I am in my running I know, era. I know. I know. I am. No, but I am in my running era now. So, gonna do the Azalea Five um, Trail Five K in Wait. March, late March. When is this? It's the Five K. It's in late March. It's Azalea Trail Run. What day? March twenty something. Twenty oh. fifth or something. Something like that. So I'm doing that. So that'll be super fun and cute and fun. And um, that's my joy is that I'm in my running era. My junk was that I probably should not have run on the beach barefoot four miles. I think it was ADHD, hyperfixation, super excited, had it in my brain that I was going to do that and did it. And now my feet 
my feet were killing me the rest of the that, that day, Saturday and I bet Sunday. Your knees were too. No, just my feet. Uh, and when I tell y'all, I felt like I pulled every muscle and that there could possibly be in my foot. I was taking ibuprofen every four hours. It was awful. Um, I talked to TL. That was a bad decision. You know Taylor Lee Ledbetter. I talked to TL, and I was like, she was like, "What did you do?" And I was like, "Well, I ran on the beach." She was like, "Okay," and I was like, "Barefoot." And she was like okay gotcha yeah okay I was like so am I gonna die like am I gonna be okay she was like no you probably just like it's those tendons and everything like that and so you probably need to walk and stretch and stuff but it's like literally hard it was hard to walk yesterday at the grocery store like walk with my Victoria I was like what if I literally pulled every muscle in my foot but today like yesterday was better than Sunday and today was better than yesterday so I feel better now it's getting better. I think I just needed to. That was actually dumb for you to do. Why did you do that? Um, Because I wanted to. But I really liked the way it made my body feel otherwise. Well, yeah. But did the other girl run barefoot too? Yeah. And she didn't feel like she didn't have any problems. Interesting. Yeah. And Nate was like, you feel like you bruised it or like you stepped on shells? Like, no, no, it wasn't any of that. It was literally the fact that I ran. It was the movement of my feet. And it's because I'm in the beginning of my running era. And she runs sometimes. So I think oh. her feet are just used to it. And I'm so flat-footed. Everybody's foot shape is different. I don't know if y'all have ever gotten footed, fitted for tennis shoes, but you That's need to true. do it. That's true. See, I have an arch. Um, like, so. See? Yeah, I have, like, no arch. I'm really flat-footed. So, But today I went to the gym and I did legs and everything was fine. I actually think that that helped. Yeah, um, I bet. So, Yeah. That's my Jesus junk and joy. Okay. Sorry it was a little long. But. That's okay. Uh, my Jesus is that Oopsie. we've been out of school. Yeah. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then today we canceled for weather. And tomorrow canceled for weather. Wow, that's so a lot, So this is like man. Christmas break 2.0. It's like a Mardi Gras break, but before. It's this like is pre-Mardi Gras break. <laughs> pre-game. Yeah. So... Uh, I say all that to say <laughs> that every morning I've been able to read and pray for an extended period of time, like more than normal. That's awesome. So that's been good because on a work day, it's very rushed. It's mm-hmm. like wake up, make coffee, maybe get 10 or 15 minutes in the word and then rush in the bathroom, get ready, you know, out the door by 6.15. Like it's, yes. it's just really fast. And so it's been great and refreshing and unexpected to be yeah. able to be in the word uh, and just kind of, I don't know. I started a new prayer journal and um, been reading through Gentle and Lowly again. Love. So it's been good. And my junk, let's see. Well, my junk and my joy are kind of a combo. So... This week, we painted our entryway to our house, mm-hmm. and I've been saying that I want to paint for, like, a really long time. We've yeah. lived in this house for over three years, yep. and for three years, I've been saying I'm going to paint. <laughs> so It's and, been that time. And I have painted, but I only have painted our bedroom and our laundry room, and so, you know, and the cabinets, the kitchen cabinets, I painted those white, which I do not regret. Every day, I look at them, and I'm so glad I painted them. <laughs> Um, and it was a big project and it took like a while, but it was good. So if you are, you know, thinking about doing that, if that's something that you're like, oh, I've wanted to paint my kitchen cabinets, it's, it's really not 
<laughs> as bad as some people make it out to be, as long as you do your research, know what kind of prep work you have to do. Uh, this is a little tangent, but seriously, I know no, a lot of yeah. people are like, I want to paint my kitchen cabinets, but I'm overwhelmed by the idea of it. Just know that it's, you're going to spend less money doing it yourself than you would pay in somebody. And I'm telling you, True. when you do something like that yourself, the pride you take in it, it's like, I did that. And we put hardware on them, too. So yeah. I painted them, and then Dalton helped paint them, but he put the hardware on there. Nice. So, yeah, I don't regret that. So, anyway, no. fast forward, I'm like, gosh, I really want to paint the interior, like the whole interior of the house. Yeah. At least the living areas. So we picked out a color. We painted the whole entryway. Took a couple days to do it just because it's like... It was a lot of detail work. I was telling Victoria, it was like the trim and the nooks and crannies of right. different rooms and stuff, like the doorways, and it took a while, and I had to paint the ceiling too, because the ceiling was not white. The ceiling was the same beige color as the walls, Yeah. so I couldn't paint the new color and leave the ceilings not painted, Yeah. so I had to do that first. That took a whole day by itself. And then I started painting the actual walls. Yeah. So my junk is that that was a lot. That was a big undertaking because our entryway is one. It's a big hallway. Yeah. Um. So it took a hot minute to do that. But my joy is that the finished product looks great. I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah. Um. My other joy is that I spent some time with a friend today. I went over and like did her nails. I got a gel nail like set. Um. It wasn't a Christmas present. It was just like. Somebody gave it to me, and so I ordered some gel colors. Okay. And I'm wearing one right now. Yeah, I'm looking at online at some gel kits right now because I want to order my own. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and in the meantime, like, I'll do them for you if you want. So I went over and did her nails. And we had, like, a little salon moment. but And obviously, I don't do as good of a job as the salon, but I said, okay, this just needs to be our catch-up time. Like, every two weeks, I'll come do your nails. And I like it. I yeah. like doing Your nails them. look really good, too. Thank you. Because you've probably been keeping them done, right? Like well, you've been yeah. painting mm-hmm. them and stuff. They look longer. Thank you. They are. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it always helps me to just keep them painted. So if you're trying to save money this year, and one of the areas where you spend on a lot is getting your nails done, like yeah. getting gel or s and I'm telling y'all, get you a, a $35 kit For off real. of Amazon and... And go with that. And I know that, you know, because here's the thing. You're like, oh, well, it would take me more time to do it myself. Think about the time you spend driving to the salon, waiting for them to get you in, waiting for them to actually get started. The money is enough. The money is enough. Knowing that you're saving that much money is like enough for the time. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? I've saved saved $80. You can't like watch your favorite show or whatever like at at the salon like it is kind of low-key awkward yeah so I would just say like think about the time investment and the money investment I know all the time you'll get back and all the money you'll make back you make your money back after doing it one time I know like because it's gonna cost you 40 to 50 dollars to get your nails oh that's just your nails these days yeah, that's just your nails. Yeah. So if you pay the $40 to get the kit and you do your nails that first time, mm-hmm. you've saved, you've made your money back. Yep, true. And so, I mean, I recommend it. And you're like, even if you're saying, well, I'm not good at painting nails. Yeah. It, you're going to get better with practice. Yeah. Like, I promise. Okay. Love that. Uh, church 
part two. Part two, guys. So we're going to try to kind of pick up where we left off last week. Yeah. Which is where? Well, last thing you said basically was that you wanted to kind of get into this, you know, of the, because we talked about like kind of church, the purpose, all that. Kind of want to talk about some of like the obstacles, all that, all that. And the, we want to address the topic of like the people in, like that people in church are hypocrites. That yeah. they say that they do, they're doing, say, they one, say thing, one thing, they do another. live another way. Yeah. Um, and so kind of wanted to talk about that. Um, and just kind of, we made notes. So like we have a couple of, um, you know, things that we want to, you know, touch yeah. on this time. So, uh, I would say just right off the bat. If you have been hurt by someone in the church, whether it was someone in leadership, Mm -hmm. if it was someone that maybe was not in leadership, but just another church member, Mm -hmm. uh, someone in the church, period, or multiple people in the church, a group in the church, a clique in the church, whatever, we are sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I don't know the situation. I can't speak to the specifics of the situation. But we hear you. Like, mm-hmm. we are, we want to make, um, I guess, space for those situations. Yeah, church hurt is absolutely real. And um, it's disappointing and it's sad and can be really trust-breaking because, like, a church is supposed to be a, a safe place. Yeah. And a place where um, the gospel is is shared, the gospel is taught. We know, like, it. I mean, if you're a believer, you know who the gospel is for and what Jesus says about, um, you know, like, who are blessed, you know, in, in his eyes. And so I think that it can be very disappointing, worse than any other kind of group that hurts you, I think, um, because of what the church is supposed to be. So yeah, we're, I mean, obviously super, super sad when, when things like that happen. Churches, um, you know, church hurt is real, but there are faithful people in the church, um, all over the church in the United States that are there to love you and to love you and to care for you, um, and to pour into you. So it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be that way, but it is, it's true. So I remember when I was in an ethics class in college, mm-hmm. um, and this will have a point, I promise. Mm-hmm. He said, we have to be careful when we speak in terms of ought and ought not. Mm-hmm. Because how we ought to act is assuming a, like a perfect world, kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And though there are like, we know from scripture and we have guidelines of how a church should kind of operate and how the members of a church should love and care for one another. For sure. It ought to be that way. Yes. But we are still sinners. Yeah. So I would be like, we have to pay attention to the fact that I'm trying to put this in a in a way that's um I don't know. I don't not academic, but like we have to be careful to understand 
that just because people are in the church does not mean that they are communing with the Lord on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Like they may be in the church and have a leadership role in the church. Yeah. They may not have met with the Lord in private in months, mm, in years. That's good. And yeah. So it could be nothing more than a paycheck. Mm-hmm. It could be nothing more than something to, you know, boost their ego. Like, I want to get that out in the open right off the bat. Yeah. Like, we know that. And we've, and I've seen that. Yeah. Not, yes. It's not important for me to go into detail, but. No, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've seen church hurt on a very real level. Yes. In my own family. Like, yes. I know that mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. But I have seen far more faithful people in the church. That's right. Than unfaithful. Yeah. So we have to make sure that we don't make the exception the rule. Yes. Saying, oh, well, this one situation happened. So now from this situation, I'm going to assume because I don't, it's like you're guarding yourself. You're guarding your heart. It's a coping mechanism for you. Yes. Because this one situation happened, I'm just going to guard my own heart and assume that every church is like this and then never go to a church again. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The exception is not the rule. Yeah. We don't, when something like that happens, when you think about relationships or whatever, um, like, ideally, most people would not say, well, this relationship didn't work and this person was toxic and abusive toward me, so I'm never going to get in a relationship with them and every person is like that. That's a great analogy. Um, that's not true at all. Right. Um, and, and... Yes, and I'm saying, like, yes, the church should be, again, the church should be a, a safe place and should be, um, but the church is for believers. The church is is Christ's church. And so, yes, absolutely, we should be in the category all of our own of following Christ specifically. We should be set commands. apart. We should absolutely be set apart, holy. That's what holy means, set apart. Um but sometimes that doesn't happen. And so, yes, absolutely, we should be, it's like a, a higher standard there. But you have to remember that the church, again, is filled with people. Right. With people. Mm-hmm. Um, all different kinds of people. Right. Um, with all different kinds of hurt that they've experienced too, you know? Yeah, and we're all carrying around our baggage. That's right. Uh, one time my husband said, he was like, I wish that, there was a way, because he's been through a lot in his life. Yeah. He was like, I wish there was a way I could walk around with like a bubble above my head of like, this is my story. Yeah. But the reality is, because that way, if you could just have it above your head, people could know. Mm-hmm. And just know all your baggage, know all your trauma, know right. all your hurt. You don't have to unpack it with everybody. Right. You don't have to make explanations for why you are the way you are. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's their story. Yeah. Think about that visual. Like yeah. everybody walking around Publix with like a uh-huh. a bubble above their head of like divorced parents. Yeah. This lost is... mom to cancer. Yeah. Friend betrayed me yesterday. Like all yeah. this different stuff. But the reality is, guys, we don't. Yeah. We don't. So just like that person doesn't know what you've been through, you don't know what they've been through. Yeah. Also, sidebar encouragement really quick. Um, Super awesome, hopeful look toward the new heavens and the new earth where um, we will never have to put on a face with anyone ever again. Mm. Um, There will be a day where we will never have to be fake, where it won't be 
painful to tell our story. Um, And I just want to add in that little caveat of hope because I think it's so important to talk about that Um, when we're talking about, because it can be very vulnerable and raw to open up to people in your church, even, even in a safe place, like absolutely with people, um, with people who care for you and love you. Yes, absolutely. It can be hard um, to do that. And, you know, just a little sidebar that one day we won't ever have to worry about coming off a certain way or feeling like nobody truly knows me you know that's really encouraging yeah yeah that's freeing too to think mm-hmm. about it's mm-hmm. like kind of makes you breathe a sigh of relief I know you know <sighs> I think about that all the time because it's true mm-hmm. we although our stories kind of make up who we are in a way in Christ we are not what we've been through yeah that's good. In Christ, we are a new creation, right? So, yes, our story, like, it's a part of what Jesus has done for us. It's it's not that it doesn't matter. So it's not that your church hurt doesn't matter. Yeah, that's, Don't hear us say that. It's that Christ is making all things new. Yeah. And so in that pursuit of making all things new, he is sanctifying his church. Don't we want to be a part of that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, like, in 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 the analogy of marriage being a reflection of the gospel. Yeah. The bride prepares herself yeah. for her groom. Mm-hmm. She is wearing a dress that is white. She mm-hmm. is as beautiful on that day as she has ever been in preparation for her groom. Mm-hmm. In the same way, the church is being sanctified. Yeah. Um, here's another thing about, and this is kind of moving from church hurt a little bit, but if there's something that you don't really like about a church or you feel like there's something that needs to change, Mm -hmm. we need more of this in leadership. Um, I think that the way that we address this topic is maybe not, um, not enough or not whatever, you know, um, if you leave, what if you're the only one or one of the only ones that are thinking about that? Yeah, good point. And if you're a part of this church body, what if if you leave, then how's it going to change? Or or how's it going to maybe improve? Maybe your church does need to improve in some of those ways and maybe you have really great ideas. If you leave, who's going to do that? If you leave because they're not doing that, well, have they are they aware? Right. Set up a meeting with a pastor, set up a meeting with an elder, set up a meet- meeting with a de- deacon and say, hey, these are some things that I really, really love about this church. Here are the, some things that I feel like we should work on. Does is anybody else feel that way? What's y'all's, What's the philosophy of ministry behind this specific thing that we do, our women's ministry, our children's ministry? You know, what's that? Pastors are like, they're not like... Untouchable. Untouchable, like have a meeting with your pastor like you know what I mean and that's just like something I wanted to share there because what if you could be used as a vessel that's what I'm saying in that situation yes yes right so Um, you don't want to dismiss that absolutely I did want to play this short video of and hopefully it can probably be heard in here yeah I think so um of that Jackie Hill Perry um posted and literally just posted it okay four days ago okay and she said, the American church is wild. And 
Christ still reigns. God told us this would happen and then quoted like several Bible verses. Okay. Um, and I just think we can't not listen to it. Okay. So I don't know if I've heard the it. The church has been insane. It okay. Absolutely. Let me just scroll. The church has been insane. It absolutely insane. I don't even have to say it. We've seen 15,000 TikToks at this point about everything that's going ha- happening in the church. What I'm here to say is guard your heart from hopelessness. Because what can happen when you see carnality being sanctified, when you see pulpits made common instead of sacred, when you see false prophets among God's people uh, functioning in the spirit of divination instead of the spirit of God saying true things but living bad lives, when you see the Bible being mishandled and abused for selfish ambition and gain, like like when you see prosperity teaching being being packaged as your purpose and da-da-da-da, independent of what God and his word has said, like when you see that type of stuff, it's discouraging. You start to you start to wonder if righteousness is real, if if holiness is possible, if faithfulness is even a thing anymore. And so you start to doubt subtly in very small ways God and his word. And that's when the enemy sneaks in and that's when he starts to get access to you where you start to move in the same way they do because you laid aside your hope. You get what I'm saying? Like so guard your heart from that. Like, because either the grave is empty or it isn't. Like like the Bible warned us about this stuff it, it, they, they said it will always be weed among tares it, that, that there will be false teachers among us that there will that there will be wolves in sheep's clothing that there will be people who have a form of godliness but deny its power they told us that but you know what they also told us you know what paul told timothy he said but as for you preach mm. the word you know what jude told the people he was writing to he, he said but you beloved you make sure that you abide in God's love. Like, like the epistles also told us what to do in the midst of the foolishness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is keep your eyes on Jesus, for he is the founder and perfecter of your faith. In Philippians, he says the work that he started in the real church, he will finish. At the end of Jude, he says to him who was able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless and blameless before his glorious presence with great joy, God is supreme. Jesus is king and he is Lord. And trust me, he will not be mocked. He Mm. will not be mocked. You can use his name and do whatever you want to do. And in the meantime, you can be a functional atheist over here making up. You could, you could do that if you want, but he won't be mocked. But in the meantime, church, if you love Jesus, keep looking at Jesus more than you even look at what's happening in the church. Don't let it distract you from what he's called you to do in the earth. Okay? All right. <laughs> so, what good would right you there. say? First of all, amen. Yeah, for real, amen. What sticks out to you the most? Um, That probably that Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Um, And I think that that just really hits, like... A church needs to be focused on Christ mm-hmm. and his word. Right, right. The Bible. Mm-hmm. That is God's word. Mm-hmm. It's living and active. And everything in it is important and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. So it just, I think that just emphasized like how much a church really needs to be focused on Christ and who he is and his word 
Right. And if you're looking at the state of the church and you are discouraged. Yeah. And you've seen countless stories of church hurt or abuse, whether it be sexual, emotional, verbal abuse, whatever. If you have seen, you know, misuse of finances within the church. Mm. Like, I don't, whatever, whatever you've seen. What stuck out to me is God will not be mocked. Yeah. That's cool. That's, yeah, that's real. He will not be mocked. So vengeance is the Lord's. Mm -hmm. So in your pursuit to kind of call out what's happening in the church, understand that God is not caught by surprise. Mm. And he is going to work it out. His word told us this would be the that this would happen. Absolutely. It's where he told us this would happen. Yeah. And in the end, spoiler alert, Jesus wins. Yeah. Yes. Like, the church hurt doesn't win. Yeah, that's good. The pastors that are abusing their authority, they don't win. Hopefully, they come to repentance. Yes. And they are reconciled to the Father. Like, that's what we hope. Yes. But it's not up to us. Yeah. We can't, like, we can't do it. Mm. All we can do is, like Jackie Hill Perry said, keep our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who's never going to fail us. Mm. That's good. I mean, that's, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, another thing I thought about? What? People don't just up and decide to leave the church. Mm. Like, it's not like a go to church one time and then decide like one Sunday and something wrong is said. And then you're like, Nope, never going to church again. Yes. When you leave the church, all, well, this is what I've seen. It's a very, cra- uh, like a gradual thing that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. It typically doesn't start with one incident or one thing that is said. Like it's, you start to think you kind of start to break down your faith a little bit in terms of, I guess deconstruction. Yeah. Um, in a way. But a lot of people that leave the church, I wouldn't even really call it deconstruction in that way because a lot of people that leave the church wouldn't claim, they would still claim to be believers. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to be careful to see that, like, it's, it's not a black and white kind of thing where yeah. one day somebody's a church member, the next day they're not. Yeah. For whatever reason, it happens over time. Typically, I think it happens more so with people who are going to church, but they're not in community. Yeah. So the difference in going to church and being in community is yeah. is what? Because if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I go to church. Like, I don't, like, what more am I supposed to do? Um, I think you need to look at how the church started what the purpose of the church is um and i think that yes absolutely you can be in community in christian community without being in church but there is something different and special about corporate work corporate worship and the church specifically Mm -hmm. Um, i think we see a huge emphasis in the bible i don't mean just an emphasis i mean multiple Books of the Bible and multiple chapters of books in the Bible talking about the local church. There are yeah. lots of local churches. Go read all of Paul's letters to all the local churches. Like, right. 
I think we, we can't see just bypass you that. can't bypass that I really think that church is so um is super important um and there's like an article of desiring God or God, God article <laughs> written by Louis Yiglio actually in 2011 um, and it was talking, I know, and he was talking about, um, our local church and God's global purpose and how the churches, um, for God first, for God, for people, for the city and for the world. Um, and so there's just purposes of the church that we see all throughout scripture that is so different and important and not just your small group while that is a part of should actually be a part of your church worship, you know, your, your, your worship, but it's not, you know, it's not the church. Right. Right. Exactly. It's not the church. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with, um, the friend that I was hanging out with today, her husband, and we just were talking about how it's funny that a lot of people (laughs) are a part of a denomination, but they couldn't really tell you why. Yeah. So whether that be Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, whatever, they couldn't tell you, like, necessarily what their, um, I guess, yeah, theology is. Mm-hmm. But they're a part of a church because maybe their family's always been a part of that church or whatever. Yeah. How important is it? This is kind of jumping into a different, like, yeah. a subtopic. How important do you think it is to know your denomination's church history, if at all. Oh, like good how, question. how we got to where we are as Baptists. Ooh, good question. Or, um, so this is a great question, I think. I'm uh I currently attend a non denominational church. Okay. Um, but I grew up in a Baptist church and I uh Brianna attends a Baptist church. Um and I I think it's reasonably important i think it's pretty important yeah um i think it's pretty important um to know your church history i definitely think it's probably even more important to know your um your church your actual church's uh statement of beliefs and what they believe about all of the things soteriology their ecclesiology their eschatology Eschatology, all of the things I think it's important to like know that maybe a little bit more than knowing that your denomination's history um so know their like message not faith and message but you know like the Baptist faith and message yes but what is your church's version of that yeah yeah statement statement of beliefs yeah um Thing like things like that. Um, I think it's very interesting to learn about a, a denomination's history. That's just personally, like me, I think that's very interesting. I enjoy talking about that. Me and Nate probably have a conversation about one denomination or another's like history probably once a week. I'm not yeah. even gonna lie to you. Um, the other day, literally just the other day, we were talking about um, um, Church of Christ. Like, literally just talking about Church of Christ because we were talking about Midville Christian and how they're from, you know, Church of Christ denominated denomination school. And so we were just mm-hmm. talking about that and Church of Christ and history and what they believe and all that stuff. So I think it's important, probably pretty important to, to know what, yeah, the Baptist faith and message is, just the, the beliefs of that denomination. Probably, yeah, okay. pretty important. I, yeah, I told him the same thing. I was like, I think it's important to know church history. Um I think a lot of people are walking around, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way. Yeah. 
very ignorant to those things. Yeah. yeah ignorant yeah. maybe to how their specific church started. Mm-hmm. Ignorant to what it means to like be a Protestant versus Catholic. Yeah. Or ignorant to just certain doctrines and theology. But here's what I'll say. A lot of people will say something to the effect of, well, I don't need to know all of that. I just re- I'll just read the Bible. Mm-hmm. 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 I am not advocating that you don't read the Bible. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm advocating that you read it more all the time, every day. <laughs> like, yeah. But there is something to be said for knowing why you believe what you believe in terms of, okay, you know, what do we think about soteriology? What do we think about eschatology? Like, where did this church start? Was this church a split from another church? Mm-hmm. Why did it split? Mm-hmm. Like, are we deacon-led or elder-led? Are mm-hmm. we, you know, led by one pastor or are we led by a committee? Are we congregational? Do we vote on things? Like, what is... And where in Scripture do we get all of that from? Yes. So, what you believe, why you believe it. I, yeah, I think that's it right there. That's the core whether you're talking about your church's denominational history, if you're talking about church history in general, if you're talking about your the body of beliefs that you have, I think all of that can be encompassed in that statement right there that you said is what you believe and why you believe it. Right. And being open to talking about that. Yeah. With other people and hearing other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so if someone is like trying to seek out a church mm-hmm. and and find a new church home maybe they've moved to a different area maybe you're listening to this and you've just just been kind of like casually going to different churches maybe sometimes you go to one side of the family's church and then another side of the family's church and you just don't like you can't you're not settled in in one place but you're wondering how do I how do I know how do I know if a church is biblical like how do I know if this is where the Lord wants my family like should we just pick the church that's closest to our house? Should we pick the church where our parents go? Should we pick the church that has the most for our kids to do? Like, Yes. I think that the most important thing you can do when trying to find a church home is to pay very close attention to the language. Are they gospel-centered? Yeah. Are they about... God being glorified, or are they about numbers? Mm. Okay, like looking at the priorities of the church. Yeah. Um, and then taking a look at, hey, like what's y'all's mission statement? Like what is your, um, you know, could I, could we see like your statement of beliefs? A lot of churches will have a membership class. Yes. Um, especially, I know Baptist churches mostly do. We have one. Um, yeah. Arsil member orientation me- meeting where you just kind of learn about what the what we believe and why we yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's like an informational meeting and I would say like it's it's very beneficial yes. because it gives you both the churches that we have been to in Mobile, you know, for the first part of our marriage and then now where we are had a membership class where we got a close look at because here's the thing, a pastor doesn't have time in every single sermon to talk about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because they're not talking to new members every week yeah you know they're talking to members who have been at that church for years they're preaching to faithful members that they've known for a long time Mm -hmm. you know they're not going to take 10 minutes out of every service to go through oh this is what we believe on right this thing (laughs) right 
So ask if they have some sort of statement of beliefs that your family could look at and kind of, you know, see how it lines up with the Bible. The main thing is, is it a biblical church? Mm-hmm. Um, where are their priorities? Are they mission focused? Um, are they, is it more of just a show than an actual like God-centered worship service? I think these are things you have to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously like, I'm not going to get into tithing. Never mind. <laughs> That's a whole different episode. Yeah. Um, so I, there's a really good, and I'll, I'll share it um, on the thing. <laughs> the It's a Desiring God article um, from, and it's an interview with John Piper, and it's called How Do I Find a Good Church? Mm-hmm. And this is from 2020. Um, and he just kind of talked about, um, like, let's see... He was talking about somebody asked like, hey, like how do I, I moved to a new city and there are wonderfully like a number of doctrinally faithful churches in my area of town. It's a great problem to have. I know Um, if you were in my situation, how would you narrow down these good options? I don't want to make a decision based merely on my preferences, but what role do preferences make in a church decision like mine? And by, by preferences, he was assuming that they mean like small church versus big church, you know, casual, traditional versus contemporary, organ versus guitar, like right, all that. Right, right, yeah. Um, fog machine or no fog machine. Yeah, and he said, we all have our preferences on such things, and if they're shaped by the Word of God and they're subordinate to more important biblical things, then it would be okay, I think, for them to guide you as part of your decision-making process. Absolutely. Um, they should be subservient to biblical truth. So, uh, but these are the ways that he said, like, how do I find a a good church one go to god like mm-hmm. and he put psalm 25 on there of like lead me in your truth and teach me like for you're the god of my salvation so he was like the lord loves you and would delight in you being in a healthy church with all your gifts to use um two number two clarify your convictions he said maybe take the season of searching and hit refresh on your own biblical grasp of what a healthy church is mm-hmm. just to make sure your picture is wholly biblical and i and he recommended a book in here as well um, ask around, talk to people, you know, in the city or who know the city. Personal recommendations are probably the most reliable source of information. Mm-hmm. That's very true. If people, if the people are reliable, this is more trustworthy, I think, than quick impressions from a one Sunday visit at that church. Oh, so yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. Yes. So super, super like, I think asking around is probably your most trustworthy like option. Yeah. Um, search the web, obviously. So, you know, don't base your church on, like, churches in the Twin Cities that believe the doctrines of grace is what he said. Typed that right into Google number two on the list with Cities Church, which is a church plant from Bethlehem where I ministered, all that now. Um, And so he was just talking about, like, that's not a a big enough, like, that kind of search is not enough. So, like, don't base your choice on just one search or whatever. Um, But they also say that there's the Gospel Coalition website. Um, has connected churches um you can look at their uh, nine marks yes you can look at their connected churches number five evaluate the leadership look for a church with a certain kind of leadership and a good place to start is first peter five two through four and give scripture verses for you know this is kind of whoa i just hit the mic you're good um and then six, look for love. Look for a church with a certain kind of people. We know that we have passed out death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Yep. That's from First John three fourteen. 
Um, and then test the teaching. Turn your attention to the teaching. Look for a church that's not ashamed of any teaching in the Bible. Don't go to a church that is fearful of displeasing people who are more shaped by the culture than the scripture. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Seek to serve. Then ask, could you serve in this church? Do they think in terms of people being ministers and pastors equipping the saints for the work of ministry? You don't want to be a mere pew sitter. So mm. church involvement yeah. is huge. And then search for serious joy. Is the tone or the spirit of the life of this church one of serious joy? Are they people who have learned to suffer by the grace of God and not become embittered or oblivious or oblivious or naive? Do they know how to be sorrowful yet always rejoicing? Are they real with their problems and with their suffering? Those are the steps I would take, he said. So, yeah. So I thought those were all, like, all nine of those were really good, like, tips on how to find a good church. And, of course, I'll put that article in there. But I just thought that was really good. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with having preferences. No. As long as your preferences are not put above, like, being biblical. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, if your preference is to sing contemporary music over hymns yeah as long as it's a bible believing church like yeah. i don't think it matters that much yeah. yeah if your preference is a small country church to a larger church like what yeah. i go to now it's not a mega church but it's yeah. kind of a medium-sized church okay yeah go for it yeah there's nothing wrong with having a preference as long as your preference still as long as your preference is still answer to god yeah you know that's good um and you that's the standard that you hold it up next to yes uh so but what i want you to watch out for is being seekers like seeker sensitive churches mm-hmm. who maybe are trying to cater to all of those things in a way that is not putting god first yeah so and you can look, I would just search like, you could search up John Piper on seeker-sensitive churches and get some good stuff on that. But what it means basically to be a seeker-sensitive church is kind of to be a church that is basing everything they do around getting new members all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and and you might be thinking, well, what could be the problem with that? Well, there are some problems with that um, because... At the end of the day, it's not it's not all about how your numbers look. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about the people that are already in the church. Are they growing spiritually? Mm-hmm. You know, is is the church, um, are the people within the church building one another up? Is that church so focused on getting new members that it's not pouring into the ones that they already have? Uh, so you don't want to mm-hmm. you want to steer clear of that. And so, I mean, really, a seeker is. An unbeliever that's outside of the church, but still searching or seeking for meaning and significance in their lives. That's yeah. kind of like the definition of what a seeker is from what I've researched. Yeah. Um, and so classic seeker-sensitive churches, this article said, had a f- consumeristic mindset and were focused on the felt needs of the lost people around them. While not every church that shared this philosophy neglected the gospel or saw the gospel as an addition to their self-help and motivational message, many did. So not all seeker-sensitive churches are going to be um, completely neglecting the Bible, I mean, neglecting the gospel or neglecting the Bible or not teaching on the harder edge of stuff. I would say that most seeker-sensitive churches do. Yeah. um, Not... Um, touch on the harder edge stuff because they are trying to be sensitive to the seeker and maybe don't talk exclusive about 
or talk about the exclusivity of Christ or They're salvation or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah, um, I don't believe that that it's the best philosophy of ministry. I will say that. I don't think that it's a great philosophy of ministry to be a seeker sensitive church. I'm not saying that you can be a, that you can't be a seeker sensitive or that you can be a seeker sensitive church and not whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah, preach the gospel, whatever. You can. Um, but I just don't think it's the best philosophy of ministry. I will say this. If you are if you're the leadership in your church is actively seeking to be mission oriented, to glorify God, to build one another up, and it is just in general a biblical church. Mm-hmm. You won't have to be worried about numbers and how many people are there. Mm-hmm. The Lord will bless it. Yeah. The they, Lord will bless it. Yeah. The church needs to be caring for the poor and caring for the widow, and they need to be a light in their city. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, but in truth. Absolutely. And love. Yep. Yep. In truth and love. And that's, and that's the thing. So when you're searching for a church or if you're trying to figure out how to get involved in your church, the first thing you need to do is, is to pray. Um, and then you want to go to the scriptures and Mm -hmm. search the scripture. Okay. How am I as a woman called to serve in the church? How Mm -hmm. am I as a man called to serve in my church? Like as a child, as you know, I'm in youth group. Like how can I serve in my church? Good. All of those things like seek out the scriptures and pray again. That's what Chase preached on this past week. He was like, when the apostles were trying to determine who who their 12th apostle would be. Yes. Ugh, um, I loved that passage they, when we went over it. They prayed, they searched the scriptures, and then they prayed again. So prepare with prayer, search the scriptures, pray again, ask yeah. for clarity. And I promise you, like the Lord is faithful and mm-hmm. he answers prayers. And mm-hmm. if you seek him and if you, and also seek out godly counsel, like if you have godly friends in your life, godly family members, talk to them about the same thing. Or if you, if you're in a church where you feel like you're not supposed to be there mm-hmm. and you think that it's time and the Lord's calling you to, to something else because maybe you don't, something that's going on is not sitting right with your spirit, mm-hmm. like all of that. Prayer is so powerful. Yes. Like, don't, don't, it's not your last resort, it's your first resort. Right. And here's the thing joining a church is not something to be taken lightly. Yeah. And leaving a church is not something to be taking li- taken lightly. Oh, 100%. When leaving we, yeah. a church, leaving church membership, moving your membership, not something to be taken lightly. Right. And same with choosing a church and becoming a member at a church not something to be taken lightly um because church membership is a big deal and um there was like another article that i saw about like does the gospel does the bible specifically talk about membership no but it talks about like the importance of being in a local church and like being there like really truly there membership is just a label we've put on it just for it's semantics it's just semantics Uh, But I would say this, you know, a few years ago, we made the decision to leave a church we were at, hey, like a Bible-believing church, Mm -hmm. a church that poured into us while we were in college and in the early parts of our marriage, loved the people there, no hard feelings at all, through many tears and prayers Mm -hmm. and seeking out wise counsel, like it took months to make that decision, Mm -hmm. months. 
And now the church we're at, again, Bible-believing church, we're plugged into small groups, we serve, like, and we are thankful to be there. And it's for this season of life. And mm-hmm. who who's to say where we might, I mean, five years from now, we might not even be living in Mobile. Like, who's to say? But I think the key is that you don't make that decision on a whim. Mm-hmm. It should not be a rash decision. Yeah. Um, it should not be a, oh, I disagreed with that. We're going to leave. Oh, he preached too long this week. We're going to a different church. Yeah. It shouldn't be that. Yeah. It should be lots of prayer. It should be seeking out wise counsel. It should be searching the scriptures. So true. And it's not something to be taken lightly, like Victoria said. So don't just think, oh, I can just church hop. Oh, I don't like this church, so we'll go to a different one. No. Yeah. Because in a way... That's kind of making a mockery of what the church was supposed to be. The church is supposed to be something that is like a steady thing in your life, you know, that even when the world all around you is going crazy and, you know, we never know what's going to be on the news from day to day or on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, we know that corporate worship is something that remains consistent in our lives. Yeah. And our fellow church members remain consistent. Yes. Um, this article that I'll definitely obviously post, but I know we're referencing, referencing a lot of stuff, but, um, it's called why join a church also from designing, um, desiring God. And, um, they, he was basically just talking about how like in our flighty and non-committal age, neither non-Christians nor Christians are naturally inclined to find a place to put down roots and make long-standing objective commitments for the good of others. Like we don't want to, we want our own, we want to keep our options open and preserve our own freedom. That's literally the way that we are as we a, have commitment issues. Yes. And as a people and because, and because of the fall, like we have issues because we want to preserve our own f- freedom of choice or rather than make a covenant with a, with a church for the long haul. Um, and so this really great part of the article says, does the Bible even mention membership? And it says, most of us have raised eyebrows at some point about the concept of church membership. Membership? Where do we see that in the New Testament? Is it really essential to join a church? Can't I get everything I need as a Christian from being a regular attender? It's true that the New Testament makes no direct argument for our modern concept of membership. The gospel's initial advance into pagan and pre-Christian world was a different situation than we find today in our increasingly post-Christian society. The complexities of life two millennia later make church belonging as difficult and as important as ever. Not only are we less inclined to make uh, firm commitments, but our cities and towns are much bigger and church options more diverse. But whether you call it membership, partnership, or something else, the New Testament assumes some form of committed, accountable belonging as a reality for every true follower of Jesus. Each Christian has a definite place of local belonging. To be baptized is to become part of a particular local body. In the New Testament, John Piper observes, to be excluded from the local church was to be excluded from Christ. Yeah, they that were one in the, the church. Same. They were one in the ch- one in the same. Yeah. Um, and basically, he just talks about reasons why you should put down roots, um, like for the good of unbelievers, for the good of your leaders, for your own good, for the good of others. Like, and he put the complexities of life in the 21st century make belonging to a local church as difficult and important as ever. Like, it's more important now than ever before to be committed to a lo- in in the body of a local church. It is. Well, 
I agree. Um, I wanted to end on mm-hmm. or start to kind of end. Yeah, on yeah, this. of course. This is from an article that I referenced in part one, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to reference it again. There are a million good things you and I could do that would hinder us from locking arms with God's people. Mm-hmm. If you're on the fence, Will you set an alarm with a purpose to join in worshiping God with the local church this weekend? Mm. I promise you, listen to this, (laughs) y'all. I promise you that as many reasons as you might have not to go, there are even more reasons to trust God, commit, and go every week. That's so good. Oh my gosh, that's so good. That gave me chills. I know. (laughs) it's true there's even more reasons to go to church than to not go to church y'all you can find a million reasons not to do something yes but you can find a million more right to go right the church is a a special place there is something so incredibly powerful and it, it is a different type of presence and i think yeah. that you guys i think reading the book of acts would really put it in perspective. in perspective if you have not read the book of acts from and start to finish from start to finish read it because i think you'll find oh my gosh like the lord's spirit is there in a different way yeah it's different we we they were so open to the spirit like we're, yes i think we're kind of closed off you know yeah depend yeah depending especially speaking of denominations depending on your denomination you know mm-hmm. i feel like it's a little bit you know we we don't know how to act about the spirit sometimes you know right. and like but I mean, there's, I mean, whatever view you have on communion, like we, we talk about the presence of God in communion. That's why it's supposed to be sacred for believers. Right. Um, and just that's something that happens in a corporate bottle, body, not to say that you can't have communion in your home. I think that's awesome. That's something that's a great practice. But there's something about doing that in a, in, in corporate worship a body of believers where all of you have different stories. And unfortunately we don't have the bubble above our head. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different story, a different background. You don't know where they grew up, especially if you're in a big city with maybe a diverse body. There's something so awesome and amazing about the fact that I can relate to my sister. I have nothing, uh, nothing in common with other than our love for Christ. Yeah. Other than the fact that we have been transformed by the Holy Spirit, by the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, lives in both of us. That's incredible. I have nothing, I have nothing in common, probably hardly anything in common with a Pakistani Christian. Mm -hmm. But we do have the same, we have the Spirit of God inside us, both of us. Your stories are different, but your testimonies are the same. Are the same. Are the same. Which is, I was lost. I was a sinner. I was broken. And God saved me and made me his. And that is all believers' testimony. And that is very, like, that is very powerful. And that's all we need to unite us. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, did we have, did you have any questions or... Um, so I posted, it was like two seconds ago. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but let me just double check. If not, no big deal. Y'all can definitely post them and maybe we can still like address them on the, um, either on the next one or on the stories. I may just address them on the stories, you know? Yeah, true, true. Um, and we could even save them for a Q and A episode if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we hope that this gave you some 
like we hope we shed some light on some things yes. for you guys and you know obviously we don't have it all figured out I mm-hmm. think we say that pretty much every time we talk about a serious topic so know that but we do have our experiences and we do have the bible yeah you know true to, to kind of fall back on the so living an active word of god uh so it, it helps out but definitely <laughs> it helps no, a little we just, bit we just hope that you're encouraged and and that for sure that you if not already would get plugged into a local church yeah and just really if you still are on the fence even after listening to part one and two and you're like just don't know if it's for me yeah i would argue that it is first i would argue that second i would argue for you to be in prayer yes way more than you are like if you already pray once a day about it pray twice a day you know yeah every time you think of it yeah absolutely so well we hope that y'all have a great rest of your week um for the emoji to drop church emoji again. just drop the church emoji get the churches out here yeah for sure for sure church it up church it up all right y'all have a great week bye y'all